This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day. Welcome to Keep It Simple, the weekly internet talk show of the Simple Truths Radio Network featuring Pastor Xavier Reese. Pastor Xavier, how are we doing today? Good, Tony. We want to welcome everybody out there as we... uh have another time together in the Word of God. Amen. As the uh, we're closing in on the end of the uh, month of January here today in the studio with us, our production engineer Jonathan Duran. Good day, everyone. Welcome to episode one hundred and nine already. One hundred and nine. Pretty crazy. Amen. Starting off the good new year in good form. Yes. Also in the studio with us today, our special guest, Pastor Fernando Gonzalez from Calvary Chapel in Pasadena. Good morning, everybody. Great to be here. Amen, Fernando. Thank you for sitting in with us. We set aside some time today to discuss, um, gosh, what is really an essential issue in understanding of the scripture. And that is the person who is commonly referred to as the devil or Satan. Uh, Pastor Xavier, in your recent study in the What About series, said that actually uh, here on the Simple Truths Radio Network on uh, Thursday evening, Pacific Standard Time, you say that, uh, there are generally a couple of extremes that people take in our modern world uh, concerning this individual. Uh, one is to believe that he's more powerful than he is, and the other is that he has no power at all. Sure. And, and, and you know, when, um, when people don't believe in the devil, they don't believe in the God either. But the most important is to believe in God. If you believe in a God, a creator, then you must believe in the devil. Yeah, if it's going to be predicated right. on the scripture. Well, once you get rid of God, and as we've seen in the United States and the universities, and even in church, for yeah. the emergent church, the way it's gone, then all of a sudden Satan just dissipates. He's not a problem. But as long as you believe in good and evil, right and wrong, you must believe both. And is that a problem for, I mean, in reality, for Satan, for people to not believe in him? Well, you know, if... Um, if you're aware somebody's going to break in your house because you believe there's uh, thieves in the neighborhood, you're prepared. Amen. Well, you know, that's an interesting strategy by Satan because if I'm your adversary, I want to be as invisible as, as possible. So that allows me to obviously navigate the way I want to so I can undermine anything that's good in your life. And I will uh, pinpoint those areas to ultimately destroy you. And, and people just see the existence of the devil as a, sort of a, a superstition, don't right, they? Right, right. Right, a myth. Yeah, yeah. But the Bible speaks of him as a real person. Uh, he uh, is a created angel. He's not all powerful. He's not all knowing. He's not all present. He is. Um, um, he was second to God, the top angel. Um, Isaiah fourteen, Ezekiel twenty-eight tells us about uh, how he was uh, uh, the perfection of beauty. Um, he was from the day he was created. Uh, his timbrels, he was a choir director, if you will, from heaven until iniquity was found in him. And he led that rebellion in heaven. Um, now, that demonstrates and gives very clear understanding that the angels have free will. Amen. So if they didn't have free will, there couldn't have been a rebellion. Now, the New Testament speaks about the elect angels. So... If you believe in Calvinism, then are the elect angels 
by God's predestination and God predestined the rebellion in his own heaven. So you have to be careful on what you believe. Uh, angels and men have free will to rebel against God. God doesn't force anybody. But salvation was only made for man, not for any angel. Amen. As salvation as we understand it. You know, Pastor X, it's interesting how the idea of justice, of, of what we as, as people understand as justice, and the idea of free will are so uh, inextricably connected, how important one is to the other. Because, I mean, can you have justice without free will? No, you can't. Because man is a moral being. He's creating the image and likeness of God. And therefore, God has given us the capacity and the ability to think, to assimilate information, to make value judgments right and wrong, and to take that into consideration and come up with the best and the most correct, the most beneficial answer or actions, and that's called wisdom. Amen. And so if, if, if we had no free will, then how can God hold us responsible for something? Yeah, exactly. um, he would not. So, and that goes for non-believer as well as believer. Mm -hmm. The uh, non-believer is dead in trespass and sins, but it does, he's spiritually dead, but he's alive physically. He has a conscience. He has a free will. He makes decisions, good decisions, bad decisions. Though his bent is towards evil, he has a potential for good, but he's in a fallen state. But, Dead in trespass and sin never means that he is so dead that he cannot respond. That's a Calvinist doctrine that's not found in the Bible by John Calvin. Amen. Amen. That's really a satanic doctrine. You really think about it because uh, even like the non-believer, uh, the idea of free will, um, they, they assume that we have this behavior that we, we, we function with that we really can't act outside of, that, of our, our nature. So if this is our, we're products of our environment, this is the way we're going to respond, right? If, if I'm an atheist, uh, I'm a product of evolutionary process. This is the way I'm going to function, and this is the way I'm going to function. Uh, and that's a problem in our society today. Even believers, they begin to think that, well, maybe uh, I, I, uh, we, God created uh, uh, these animals and we evolved with the process. No, that's, that's again, that's a foothold of Satan. That's where he likes to undermine God's work. Right. And, and all the humanist philosophies kind of reside in, in the, the whole area of what sure. you're describing. Well, like we said earlier, yeah. you, you eliminate God, you don't have Satan. Mm -hmm. And everybody uses buzzwords. You know, they change mm -hmm. from, from generation to generation. But um, the, the, the words of, I'm evolving, we're evolving. This is a universal cultural thing in the politically correctness and the evolutionary process of, of, um, of the uh, New Age movement. It's it's been adopted into the Christian movement. Um, it's called your journey. That's a big buzzword. Yeah, yeah. in uh, emergent circles, and um, as if um, you know, it, it's it's just it, it's gonna we're gonna grow and better and better. Uh, the Humanist Manifesto says, and yet um, the longer we're around, the worse we get. Amen. And you don't have to look too far to see that uh, human beings are not very capable. Mm -hmm. In managing the affairs of this it, it world, they cannot govern their own life, let alone the lives of others. Amen. And it's all really the the problem as you boil it down, 
comes down to issues of spiritual warfare, and we get back to this particular character. In the scripture, Pastor Xavier, in order to have an accurate understanding of this guy and his role in the world, do we need an understanding of his origin, where he came from, and sort of the background, backstory to, to what's going on with him? Well, you know, the important thing is that to know that he was in heaven at one time. That's important. Okay. And that he, as well as everything else that exists, got created. So he didn't just appear someday. God created him for his glory, for his service, but he rebelled. He corrupted himself. And so it's important to realize that, once again, even an angelic spirit, because they are spirits, God doesn't force them. He creates them with a purpose and a design, but within God's creative aspect, he allows that free volition for spirit or human to make those decisions. And therefore, God honors that choice. He doesn't force someone to serve him. He didn't force Satan to stay in heaven. He didn't even force the angels that rebel to not follow him. He gave them that free will. And that's Amen. important. Amen. For for there to be free will, I must honor your choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a dad that would get in the car and say, okay, we're all going to go out to dinner today. And they go, oh, okay. And the kids are all excited and the mom too. And, and so they get in the car and and the dad goes uh, to the mom, hey, what do you want to go eat? And she goes, uh, oh, let's go down to Chili's. And he goes, oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Then he keeps asking the children one at a time. And they tell him, no, 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 no. And then they all kind of look at him and they say, where do you want to go? And then he says, well, let's go here. Well, you didn't give him a choice. That's (laughs) not choice. I'm afraid that's the case in many families, unfortunately. (laughs) God honors your choice. When Pharaoh Pharaoh hardened his heart, it says uh, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And it keeps repeating that. And then it came to the point, it says, and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Two different Hebrew words. One means to be stiff by his own will, and then God honors that at a point, and he strengthens him on his decision. Now you've crossed that line. Amen. Amen. And there is a line out there. Right. For and you where, can't blame where, God for it. No. Because God is the most patient. Mm-hmm. He's the most loving. So when God draws that line, that heart that has been hardened and rebellious all along you reach a point in the Gospel of John that says about the Pharisees, and they could not believe. Not that they would not. Right. They could not believe. And, and actually, there are numerous accounts in the Old Testament where God will give people over to their inclination after yes. a period of time. And part of that is we've got to think he, he knows when a person has gone beyond the point of no return. Yes, absolutely. He understands the nature of man. Pastor Xavier, in, in your study on what about the devil, you mentioned a couple of prominent passages in the Old Testament that talk about uh, the, the character and even the history of this, this particular angelic being. Mm-hmm. And one of them is in... Uh, Isaiah 14. Right. Yeah. And then Ezekiel 28. Okay, yeah. And again, you get the six-eye wills of, of Satan, threatens God. And uh, finally, God has the last say, you'll be brought down to hell to shield. Yes. So he's not able to defeat God. He makes threats. One thing that uh, if you're listening, you need to understand is that um, anything and everything that Satan says is a lie. Jesus said, 
in John 8 that he has never told the truth. Right. He says when he, when he speaks a lie, it's he, his native language. That's his native language. Yeah. So, uh, let's take the temptations of Jesus. Um, Satan said um, to Jesus, if you will bow down to me, I will give you all these, the empires of the world, for I can give them to whoever I will. Is that a true statement? A true, biblical, accurate statement? No. It's a accurate record of what Satan said. He's a liar. They do not belong to him. When Satan um, caused Eve to fall, and she gave to her husband Adam, Adam transgressed. And what Adam forfeited was the dominion over the creation, not the earth. The earth does not belong to Adam. Dominion is what he forfeited. That's why God, God calls Satan the God of this world, small g, the prince in the power of the air. And so um, that dominion was taken away because God gave to Adam to control the animals and enjoy them, to enjoy the earth and all of that. And so when he fell... He gave up the dominion. The Bible clearly from Genesis on, especially the psalm says, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Amen. Not only in the future, right now. So when Satan told Jesus that I can give him to whoever I will, he's a liar. They don't belong to him. Now, many some people teach because Jesus didn't refute him that it's true. Well, that's silly. If if my son says, "Dad, I'm smarter than you," and I and I don't answer him and, and prove the point, that that is that doesn't prove that it's true. No. It's it's a it's a silent rebuke to him. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. So uh, so there's a misunderstanding about Satan. Yeah, he's not all powerful. He's not all present. He's not all knowing. He has dominion, he has power, and he is in control of fallen man. As we look through the scripture, we see people making all kinds of crazy statements sure, all sure. the time. And God doesn't take the time to refute every individual stupid thing. Right. And so he, he is the, uh, the one who directs fallen man. He holds him captive to do his will, Amen. Paul tells Timothy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but w within that realm, uh, only the gospel can free man. As the gospel is preached, then he has an opportunity to understand the illumination, the conviction, and then the man or the woman has to repent of their own free will. It comes by the process of hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Amen. Romans ten seventeen. Um, people don't get saved. They don't get convicted. They don't get illuminated by hearing philosophy by hearing psychology, by uh, hearing poetry. But when the gospel is preached and people hear, God allows that sinner to be illuminated, to understand the gospel, convicted that they're sinners and they need a repentance, but God will not repent for them. He can't. That's right. An interesting thing, Pastor Fernando, because as Pastor Xavier talks about that, active influence in the word of God and how it affects the lives of men. This has been the focus of the evil one from the very beginning 
to undermine and to dilute even the the influence of the Word of God, even from the book of Genesis, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. I think that, you know, as Xavier was sharing, we have this idea that Satan is more powerful than God. He, 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 and he re- represents himself that way. But when you go back to John chapter 8, or uh, Xavier was referring to, Satan didn't beat him up. He didn't, you know, destroy him. Jesus refuted him with the word of God. And that's where, as a believer, that's why it's important for me to know, first of all, he exists, and two, how I can defeat him in my life. Amen. Otherwise, uh, I'm, I'm going to get caught up and, and, and get scared and think that, gosh, you know, this is an attack of the enemy. Listen, uh, I, I have to use the word of God to protect my heart, my mind, to know the promises of God, the surety, the promises that God has given me. Otherwise, I'm going to be defeated. And that's the problem with a lot of Christians today is they give Satan more power than he deserves. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the temptation uh, there for Jesus, too, uh, is a great lesson for us. And we need to understand it properly because um, Jesus there was right after the baptism. Mm-hmm. And it was the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, it says he literally drove okay. him mm-hmm. into the wilderness. Um Jesus was filled with the Spirit of God. He used the Word of God. And he was praying. Luke is the only one that tells us that. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So, those are the three weapons that he used to defeat Satan. And when Jesus did that, he did that full of the Spirit of God, depending on the Father, and using the Word of God. That is the way you and I, That's and great. any believer, can be victorious. Because remember that Jesus... In that wilderness testing, he was the last Adam. Mm-hmm. Amen. He came exactly as the first Adam, identical to Adam before the fall. Now, Adam had a potential for good and evil. But prior to the fall, he didn't know evil. But the potential was there. When the temptation came through his wife, he chose to fall. He willingly disobeyed. Right. Mm -hmm. So, when he fell, now Jesus comes as the last Adam. Not the second Adam. Second man, but last Adam. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, if Adam had the potential either to be victorious or to fail, then Jesus has to have the same potential. Amen. Now, listen carefully. I'm not saying that there was sin in Adam. I'm saying he's identical to the first Adam. If Adam had a free will to decide one way or the other, then the last Adam must have the same choice. Otherwise, there was no real victory, no real test. We have to be careful. Sometimes we protect the deity of Jesus so much, we don't want to go down that route. The comparison is the first Adam, the last Adam, identical. Amen. And if you're a student of the scripture, you're going to see that. You look at it through the temptation and uh, the gospels, the three gospels where it shows up, and it's pretty plain. And it's great that in Luke, he mentions specifically that aspect of prayer. Yes. And Jesus, Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone. Amen. He always said to the man. So he did not defeat Satan as God. Right. For God to defeat Satan was nothing. Jesus could have done that. Mm-hmm. He defeated him as man, the last Adam, to demonstrate that you and I have no excuse for our failure. Now, I'm not, pe- I'm not preaching or teaching sinlessness or perfection. But if I depend on God through prayer, the word, 
and the baptism of the filling of the Spirit, then I can overcome the enemy. Amen. Amen. You know, in understanding the Scripture, <clears throat> you mentioned uh, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. In the Ezekiel 28 passage, it seems to be a prophecy against the nation of Tyre right. that Ezekiel's dealing with. And how do we understand that yeah. as it relates to the devil specifically? As you follow the narrative there in Ezekiel, uh, he's talking about the prince of Tyre and he's dealing with the aspect of the evil of that. And as often prophecy takes a short-term and long-term fulfillment. Right. Because what goes on after that Tyre, after the prince of Tyre, it's very evident that he's not talking about the king any longer. Because right. he's talking about Satan being in heaven and all that. Right. Okay, Lucifer. So if you look at it, in context right. and specific the context. Yeah, what he's talking yes. about, it becomes pretty plain. Mm -hmm. There are also some New Testament references to the fall of the devil. I mean, not directly, but actually references to uh, the, the lifestyle of believers that they shouldn't follow in that same example. Uh, one in, in uh, Second Timothy chapter 2 where it talks about the snare of the devil. That would be a reference to his pride? Right, okay. right. Paul tells the Corinthians, I, 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 I'm, I'm concerned about you lest you be deceived uh, even as Satan deceived Eve. Amen. Amen. The subtlety from, mm -hmm. the, from the simplicity mm -hmm. of the gospel. He, he rebukes the Galatians. Literally, oh stupid Galatians, who has bewitched you? That you've moved away so soon from the placard of the gospel. But, you know, the element of deception is external. I think a lot of people think that Satan can come into our, our heads and influence our decisions that way as if he takes over. And, no, God gives us the ability to choose and make a choice. The non-believer doesn't really have that choice. No. Right. He's, they're vulnerable to his attacks and in his influence. We're susceptible in the sense of here comes this attack and I can discern and make that, that judgment call. But he can't read my thoughts. Right. He can't, he can't go in my head and make me do something. No. As no. some people think. Yes. Some people assume, oh, he made me do it. Yeah. Well, that, that was Flip Wilson, wasn't Flip it? Wilson. <laughs> the devil made me <laughs> the do devil it. The devil made me do it. <laughs> I remember a story where I had a friend, a believer, and uh, the son said, you know, uh, the mom says, well, why'd you do that? He goes, well... The devil made me do it. And she got her belt. She goes, well, I'm going to beat the devil out of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good solution. <laughs> you sure about that now? <laughs> <laughs> but but that's important, again, as we look to the Scriptures, what the Scriptures teach mm -hmm. about the person of Satan, Amen. his power, his authority. It's limited authority. It's delegated authority. Uh, you may think that um, Satan has too long of a chain, but, but there is a limit on it. Um, he cannot go beyond the margin. In fact, um, as you go through the book of Revelation, when we get into the tribulation, great tribulation period, it says constantly in the book of Revelation, and it was given to him, given to him. Interesting. Allowed. The limits are placed there. Just as the devil shows up at the beginning of the book of Job. Yes. And seeks opportunity to bring calamity upon Job and has to get permission. Yes. Basically. And God puts the limits. Amen. You can touch Anything he has, but not him. Right. And, yeah. and that's so, that's the, that goes back to the question you referred to earlier. Why is this important for a believer to know? Because those attacks can come. And we have to understand God is the one who's sovereign, not Satan. Amen. And that God has the power. And I have to rely on him. And that's, again, that's something we constantly have to battle, right? As believers, to understand where is the attack coming from. And understand God loves me. 
And that's where the devil likes to bring doubt. Did God really love you? Why is he allowing you to go through this circumstance? I have to understand, God does love me, even in the circumstance. It's just so difficult for people to understand hardship, especially when they're in the middle of it, because it's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And they they really can't see uh, the end of the the hardship and difficulty that they're in. They they're not going to entirely understand. And this is where we see real faith born yeah. out in the lives yeah. of people. And I think it's more prone to um, Western civilization mm. because um, we have so much comfort, we have so much freedom, we have so many um, uh, things around us that entertain us, distract us, where people in third world countries, um, people in Russia, uh, people in Iran, uh, they don't have the freedom. When they embrace the gospel, they read the Bible and they don't get the Western tainting of it. They read Christians are hated and persecuted. In America, we they teach... That if you really have a lot of faith, if you're really godly, then you're going to be rich. You're going to be healthy, wealthy. And we've tainted and corrupted the gospel over here. And so when people begin to suffer, have a difficult time, they say, well, what is that? Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. That's the Western tainting of the gospel. Um, I guess I said, you know, in, in places where the in the majority of the world where Christians suffer, they have no problem with it. They go through it. They depend on the Lord. I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm saying they don't have the misrepresentation right. of Christianity. Yeah. In the Western world, we see people teaching that godliness is a means of gain. Right. And the scripture talks about that, that we should separate ourselves from those people. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, understanding this character is so important. And again, we know that because it comes up so consistently all the way through the New Testament where the examples are used and the idea is plain for us to be able to understand. And we examine what he did. And, you know, interestingly, who he was before, you talked a good deal, Pastor X, about the free will aspect. But this guy was in an exalted position. I mean, probably beyond anything that we can fully understand. Right. He And he's not just... Uh, uh, run of the mill. He's not just a run of the mill angel. He no. has a specific. He's actually cherub. a cherub, specific. Cherub. And where do we see uh, cherubs in the scripture? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, the ark they're, of the covenant, the, pre- the throne of God, the presence mm-hmm. of God, yeah. right? And so he was in proximity to God Almighty. Yes. And it's interesting because you also mentioned before, Pastor X, that uh, salvation, the idea of uh, salvation by sacrifice, the sacrifice of Christ on the cross does not apply to angelic beings. Right, right. In fact, uh, Matthew twenty five forty one says that Gehenna, Gehenna is a lake of fire. They're synonymous. It's the final abode. It was created for Satan and his angels. There, Hades, what we commonly call hell, death, everything will be cast there. Tartarus, everything. It was made for Satan and his angels. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. We'll be right back with you after these messages. The need for strong family relationships has never been as crucial as it is today. And Pastor Xavier Rees offers a series of studies on marriage and the family, underlying the necessary ingredients called for in a healthy home, such as the source of joy in marriage, Christian submission, God's role for men, 
God's role for women, even God's role for children, and so much more. It's Pastor Xavier's Marriage and the Family series, available now in the Calvary Chapel Pasadena online store as an audio CD album for $32 or convenient MP3 disc for just $10, containing 12 messages in all of God-honoring practical insights from Scripture. Whether you're new to the faith, newly married, wishing to start a family perhaps, or just want to realign yourself with God's divine plan for your marriage and family, this collection assembles key biblical teachings that endure the test of time. Stop by the online store today at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com for the Marriage and the Family audio CD album or MP3 disc. That's CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth. God's will and purposes hold the best for you and for me. Now you may find yourself in a situation that right now you're not too convinced, but listen. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And expect that hope. That's what God has for you. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. The mission of Calvary Chapel Pasadena Women's Ministry is to encourage and strengthen the women of the body in the word of the Lord so that they might endure life's trials in His power and strength. And the instruction of God's Word to women by women plays such an important role in the church body. That's why we're blessed to make available the Women's Bible Studies Flash Drive. It's an audio compilation featuring past Bible studies from the Calvary Chapel Pasadena Women's Ministry. Loaded onto a reusable USB flash drive, you're able to hear the teachings from your home computer or take them with you on your mobile device. Included are women's Bible study teaching series such as Characteristics of a Godly Woman and Lessons Learned from Women of the Old and New Testament, book studies from the Psalms, the Gospels, and many, many more enclosed together on the Women's Bible Studies flash drive. Look for it in the audio messages section of our online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, Addressing Issues of Consequence for the Church, hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. And you're back with us here at Keep It Simple uh, with Pastor Xavier and our special guest in studio today, Pastor Fernando Gonzalez, talking about issues around spiritual warfare, specifically the the character of the individual that we refer to as Satan and the devil in the scripture. Uh, you know, the, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the weapons of our warfare are not flesh and blood. They're not carnal, but they are mighty. We do have weapons that are mighty through God until the pulling down of strongholds, uh, casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive yeah. to the obedience. And that's important, what you said there. It's against the knowledge of God. Amen. Mm-hmm. The attack really is not against me. It's against what God has said about me, who I am, and what he can do. So the minute we're born again, we are born into spiritual warfare, every Christian. And so we need to put on the armor. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. We need to know how to use that sword. We need to bring our thoughts captive. That helmet of salvation protects your head. That whole armor shows everything. Breastplate of righteousness, sword of the Spirit, every part. And if you don't understand who the enemy is, what his limitations are, 
in what God has promised, then you will be discouraged, defeated, maybe even depressed. Oh, yeah. Amen. Okay? So, uh, when, when soldiers are out in battle, they, they've been trained in boot camp. And they've been trained to do one, two, two things. First, to be willing to die. Second, to defeat the enemy. It's the same with Christian soldiers. We died when we accepted Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're willing, and we, to defeat the enemy. How? By the word of God, the power of the spirit. Very, very important. It is a warfare. Sometimes it's hand to hand. It is, I'm not speaking about it, making light of it. And if you're listening out there, the minute you're born again, you're going to come into conflict with Satan like you never have before. You used to be one with him. He used to rule your life. He ruled my life. I thought I was free doing what I wanted to, but really I was following Satan. And um, now that I'm a Christian, then I'm a target. Uh, Jesus says that if the world hated him first, then he's gonna, they're going to hate us. The whole world that is following Satan, therefore Satan's going to hate us. He's going to do everything to keep you from enjoying the spiritual benefits, the blessings of God, to distance you from God, to interrupt every fellowship, everything. And so you have to know the word of God, put on the mind of God. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus, and in Philippians 5, 2, 5. The, the mind of a servant. The servant submits himself to his Lord. Amen. He t does only the will of his master. And that's revealed in the word of God. You know, like Jesus says, he does always those things that please the Father. You know, the spiritual warfare can show up in a wild variety of different ways. And one of the things you mentioned before, depression. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what happens in the lives of people who lose perspective and get their eyes on the situation of their life instead of on the Lord, on his word, on his right. purpose. Right. And, and because the world doesn't have the Lord in the, in the United States, so many um, don't believe in the power of the gospel and what Christ has done. So you've got the medical model that's presented to many Christians, mm -hmm. and they're no different than people who are in the world. They go to the shrinks. They depend on the medicines. Right. Now, in no way are we saying that you're not to go to the doctor, but if there is a physical condition, it will be verified by blood workup and exams. But for the most part, people are just put on, on drugs to sedate, to control, yeah. and to make a very lucrative kill, if you will, over the population. And uh, they have no other solutions. And so if you're not taking alcohol, you're taking drugs, legal or illegal. They call them recreational drugs. But all of that is to destroy you. God is able to have us navigate through this minefield, if you will. Um, but we, we put on the whole armor of God. Paul speaks to Timothy about being a, a good, faithful soldier, um, pleasing the captain of his salvation, um, doing what he desires. And um, a soldier is, is always uh, uh, in a war zone. He may not always be in a battle, but he's in a war zone. So he must have his armor on. Know that the enemy is out there somewhere. Very important. Now, what the scripture says. Uh, you know, it's interesting. The misconceptions that people have 
about the devil and about spiritual warfare are damaging. Yes. They're terrible. I mean, there are, uh, I, I know a lot of people believe that Satan is the master of hell, mm. that he is, has some right. kind of authority there. Yes. And, and there's yeah. no truth. Jesus runs hell. Amen. Hell is a place of punishment, Amen. not reward. And so Satan is going to be punished in the lake of fire. Well, it, Satan's not a king of anything. Right. Right? He's not a king of anything, and God is, is, I should say, Satan is willing to destroy the image of God, and that's man, in any way, form, uh, or fashion. That's why he's a murderer. And uh, when I think about Satan, uh, he's not getting a crown. I am. Amen. And we're going to cast our crowns before the Lord, and, and that's what he wants to destroy. It's interesting, you know, the scripture tells us that the devil's heart was lifted up, and... Part of that process, it was because of real qualities that God had placed upon him as a being mm -hmm. that yes. he got his attention fixed on himself yeah. and his heart was lifted up. And then it, that became rebellion. Yeah. And, and mankind's the same way. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's why Paul tells Timothy, do not put a novice in a position of authority as an elder, a deacon or a deaconess. Everything slow and in time. Because like... Satan, Lucifer, morning star. He became puffed up, enamored with himself. That same pot potential capacity is in man. And men get puffed up and they get corrupted. And we see this in the ministry. You see it in the world. Amen. You see it. If you ever see pictures of Mussolini, <laughs> my Lord, he was such an arrogant proudful man and 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 all the the democratic party of the united states was so enamored with him they wanted the united states to go that way yeah. they played visits to him they were over there and then when the truth came out about him and the whole consequence of nazi germany and everything then the democratic party turned it around to something else for their good mm -hmm. so you, you have Politicians are parasites. Amen. Now, the devil is not really his name, is it? Right. No, it's actually, that's a, honestly, that's kind of an accusation against him. The, the devil means the accuser. Right. There's, 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 there's many titles and names. Mm -hmm. uh, the accuser, Apollyon, uh, destroyer, Abaddon, destroyer, uh, devil, the slanderer. Right. So there's many titles and there's names. And the names depicts character, and, and then the titles uh, depict depict his uh, his actions and right. and the evil that he does. Even it, Satan is spirit against God. Right. Okay. It's interesting because even in Genesis, uh, who approaches Eve? The serpent. Right. You know, just he, he's not named specifically. Not named specifically, yeah. but we know who he is. Amen. It's interesting that you know the the sin of Satan is characterized as rebellion, and rebellion. Specifically, I mean, there's a difference in rebellion. I rebel against uh, the authority of a cop on the street. That's one thing. But to rebel against the authority of God, especially for someone who has served in the presence of God Almighty, there's a whole different accountability. Yes. Jesus gave the parable of uh, to those who much is given, much more is required. Amen. Well, you see that um, in ministry, too. People yeah. who come for a while, their heads get pretty big. And then you see this rebellion, in a sense, their attitude. And it's grieving because you've seen them serve and they get into a position of leadership. Then all of a sudden, it seems like they know more than anybody else. 
And you can see this trait in their life after they leave, where are they at now? And this is very common. I think it's, I've seen it yes. in my own life. Right. At times, you know, when I was a young believer, I, I got to a place where I felt like, okay, you know, I've arrived now. And then you realize, you know what? No. You look around and you realize, you know what? There's, there's people wiser and, and who've been in ministry. I better take a lesson from them. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's important. Yeah. The problem with man is that he's arrogant and he's proud and he's evil. Mm-hmm. His heart. Jeremiah 79. Um, the new birth is that we might be humble, more like Jesus Christ. Uh, we have no no need for somebody to teach us to be arrogant, proud, and rebellion. Uh, that comes natural. Yeah. You know, when I had my children and I brought them home from the hospital, they looked so cute. <laughs> they cry, they giggle. But then um, they, they started crawling around and walking, and, and, and then they started being able to talk, and I found out they were rotten little sinners just like me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because it's there. It's innate. Yes. Um, there's not one good uh, person ever born to this world. Every time a woman brings a cute little baby, she brings in another cute little sinner um, because sinners produce sinners. And uh, they need salvation. They need to repent from their sins. It's interesting. The scripture talks to us you know, about the rebellion of Satan and that it did not end with him. You made mention of the fact that there were a third of the angels that actually yes. followed of their own free will. Right. In this rebellion with him. Revelation 12, I believe, verse 6. Yeah. He led a third of the angels in rebellion. Amen. And so those angels that rebel, they are his adversaries. They are his foot soldiers. Right. Um, some are called demons. They, they need a body to possess. And we see that in Scripture. Uh, but they're still angels. So the only distinction between that third of the angels that fell, they're all angels. Some of them are called demons because they need to occupy a human vessel. Right. And that's all we know about. And you made the point earlier, Pastor Fernando, that we, as believers in Christ, we're not controlled by the evil one. And so although you may suffer all kinds of spiritual attack or, or even oppression, Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point that I've talked to believers from time to time that they're under such pressure and s- struggling with with situations that they feel like they're losing their mind. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that they belong to the Lord. They can't be demonically possessed. But Paul himself said he had a thorn in the flesh, right? Amen. He, under- he understood that. Yeah. He understood that you know that he, for he reasons. He called it the messenger of Satan. That's right. Yeah. Right. God used that. He understood that. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that. First John 4, 4 says that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So I, as a believer, I'm to grow, I'm to develop, I'm to mature in Christ Jesus through the word, through prayer, through fellowship, through serving the Lord. And in, the, in, that, in that exercise, if you will, in my obedience and my yielding and reckoning the old man dead, then, then the enemy is gonna his mask is gonna come off. I'm yes. gonna identify him because I'm in the Word of God. Amen. But if I'm not in the Word of God, if I'm not dependent on the Lord, if I'm not growing, if I'm not praying, if I'm not being filled with the Spirit, then Satan can deceive me. Every every warning in Scripture in the New Testament is to the believer, not to the non-believer. The gospel is proclaimed to the non-believer. To repent from their sins. The warning to be deceived. Do not be deceived. Is to Christians. 
dead people, spiritually dead people, the non-believer, are deceived. They belong to Satan. The warning in the New Testament and every one of Paul's letters is to the Christian not to be deceived, not to go to the left, not to go to the right, not to rebel, not to disobey, not to depart from the living God. You warn live people, not dead people. Amen. You regenerate. And you think about uh, the last days, it's gonna, there's going to be a heightened level of deception. I mean, Jesus told us, right? Uh, let no man deceive you. I mean, he's referring to the last days. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, I think obviously technology helps bolster that. Right. You and, know, and the entertainment world is just rife with it. Yes, right. Music, movies. And when you're sitting in front of all this media day in and day out, you are influenced and you have to combat, you have to combat that. And as Xavier said, if you're not uh, uh, reading the scripture, you're not praying, you're not seeking the Lord, what are you doing? Where are you spending your time? What are your priorities? And if you're not concerned about your own life, then you have problems. Either you're part of the solution or part of the problem. problem. And it starts with you. Starts at ground zero. You know, uh, I, Tells us that in the scripture and Pastor Xavier that uh, the devil is described as the god of this age. How should we understand that? He has dominion. He, um, uh, Adam and Eve fell. Now they have a sin nature. Genesis five two says that Adam had children after his own image, fallen. So they have. We all have this sin nature. Every child is born and has sin nature. That child, if he dies before the age of knowledge, God takes care of that. But after the age of knowledge, and we don't know where that is, it's different, seven, eight, nine, depending what it is. Once that age of knowledge comes in, now that child is responsible for the gospel that God will allow them to hear. I can't tell you when, where, or how, but since God sent his son to die for the whole world, then he must, and he has to give at least one opportunity. If not, how can he hold man responsible for not being born again or choosing them? So therefore, for God to be just, he has to provide the opportunity for the free will and the choice of a person to repent of their sins. So that when God judges them, if they've rejected the gospel, it will be because they made that decision. If God predestined them to hell, how can God blame them for not choosing or for not being saved? Okay? Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful your theology. Okay? It's all connected, that's isn't right. it? That's <laughs> right. Just don't add to the scriptures. Amen. Amen. And that's a great point. We also see this, the uh, the devil described in the book of Revelation, specifically in prophecy. Uh, we get to chapter 13, chapter 14. talks about his activity in the past regarding the nation Israel. Yes. And his opposition to uh, the birth of Christ. And then we see it during the Gospels. But then there's future application as well for the, the devil's warfare against the nation Israel. Sure. He, uh, he is going to be um, uh, the one to empower the Antichrist, and he uh, will deceive the whole world. Once the church is removed, what will happen at the same time is the church is removed in the rapture. That begins what's called the Day of the Lord or the Seven-Year Tribulation. And state, uh, Russia will attack Israel. All those things happen at the same time simultaneously. The Antichrist will appear upon the scene, to have the solution of the world. He's going to be a military genius, a financial wizard, a religious guru, and everybody's going to be enamored. Daniel 9.27 says that Israel will make a covenant with him for one week, seven years left. In the middle of that week, after he builds the temple for the Jews, 
He will walk in and put himself in that temple, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and he will declare himself God and demand that everybody worship him and take the mark of the beast, him, on the right hand or the forehead. Without that mark, you cannot buy, you cannot sell. Satan, having deceived Israel, Israel recognizing that, flees to the wilderness in the middle. Matthew twenty four fifteen, Jesus says, the abomination of desolation. And so um, he's a liar, he's a destroyer, but God will protect his remnant. We believe in the city of Petra, Isaiah 16, 1. And again, Revelation 12, uh, chapter 12, the woman, Israel, flees to the wilderness. And God, uh, Satan, uh, through his, the Antichrist, sends the army out after her. God opens the earth and swallows her up, defends her. And uh, so he, he uh, two of three Jews are going to die. Under the hand of the Antichrist, right. Zacharias the says. Tribulation Two of three Jews. That's right. horrific. Yeah. And all these events, of course, are going to start off. You mentioned the attack of Russia, but there are several other nations as well. Right. Uh, Iran, uh, Confederacy Turkey. of most Turkey. Islamic nations. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, funny. You, you mentioned in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, where it says, you know, this is the day. This is Satan's day, really. Uh, where he says, uh, he's obviously going to sit in the temple. He says, and who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. The very threats he gave in Isaiah 14. Absolutely. The same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I guess if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. He just keeps going back to the same <laughs> thing right. over yeah. and over again. You know, one of the most common references in the New Testament that we hear is from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 where the devil is described as a roaring lion. And the interesting thing there, Pastor Xavier, is it says that he's seeking whom he may devour. Right, right. And, and who is Paul talking to? Non-believers? No. 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 Christians. Yes. Non-believers belong to him. Yeah. If you look at Corinthians, that young man that was sleeping with a stepmother, and Paul tells the Corinthians, how dare you allow him to stay in the church and don't confront him? Ask him to repent. And he says, cast him out if he chooses not to repent. That the, the, even if his flesh is destroyed, that he might be saved. Amen. Okay? And so in that, in that petition, we turn over believers to Satan in hope of repentance. We, we don't hand over non-believers to Satan. They already belong to him. Amen. Okay? Paul says that again in another letter also in Timothy. Okay, so it's important. We hand over rebellious uh, Christians who do not want to repent, continue in their sin. We cut them out of fellowship. We hand them over to Satan in hope that they would come to their senses spiritually and repent, come back to the Lord. Amen. When a father puts out his son or his daughter out of their house, he does so that's the last resort in hope that this might cause them to wake up. Not because he hates his sons or daughter. Same thing with God. Amen. Amen. And what a, what a powerful thing. You know, God is so good to us and the examples that he set forth in the scripture for our understanding to be able to take up the word of God, to understand it line by line and, and to put it into practice in our lives. And beyond that, 
to speak to our children, our loved ones, people yes. in the church, yes. to give them the simple, clear direction of Scripture that they need the salvation that God provides and the, the Word of God, the tools that He's provided yeah. for them to be able to go forward. Yeah. And if you're out there, you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to understand that Satan is as real as God. And he has certain power. He's not all powerful. And that if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're serving him without knowing it. But God has set you free through the gospel right now. If you believe that Jesus Christ is God who became man, died for your sins and rose from the dead, you can call upon him and he will forgive you and he will save you. This is your opportunity to call upon the Lord by the grace of God. Satan cannot touch you. As you, leave, as you call on the Lord, He will save you. If you're a Christian out there, you've got to know what limited power Satan has, how much spiritual blessing you have in Christ Jesus, know how to use the Word of God, and don't think that you are more powerful than Satan, and just walk in humility, depend on the Lord, and God will make you victorious. Amen. God is so good. You know, Pastor Fernando, thank you for being with us. You know, we, we look at the scripture and one of the most important things we see in the scripture is the fact that our enemy is presented as a defeated foe. Amen. He is a defeated foe. You know, when you look at uh, Revelation 12, it says those who are martyred in the, during the tribulation period, it, it tells us how they overcame. They said they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word. Yep. Amen. That's the, that's it's so prominent in my mind. That's what I, that's where I want to bank. That's it. That's it. And it is a a discipline of life. It's not always the easy way to go, is it? Amen. You know the the easy way to go, like dead fish, they float downstream. That's but it. If you're a believer in Christ, you're going to swim up against the current, yes. and uh, the current of this world is decidedly going downhill fast. Uh, so we continue to trust the Lord. And we encourage you, folks, take advantage of the resources. On the Simple Truths Radio Network, the uh, pre preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Pastor Xavier's teaching in Spanish and in English. Uh, the teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith. The teaching of uh, the women's ministry here from Calvary in Pasadena. We encourage you that you can get the schedule weekly as you uh, go onto the CalvaryChapelPasadena.com website. Yep. And uh, we encourage you to take advantage. Yes, we do. And also, actually, you can now go to SimpleTruthsRadio.com and it'll take you to the same page. You can see our schedule and... It's pretty neat. Amen. We encourage you to uh, take time to correspond with us if you have an opportunity. Our email address, John? It is simpletruths at ccpas.com. Amen. Yes. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions, we can uh, get Pastor Xavier to address them. And uh, we just love to know that people are out there listening and taking advantage of the teaching. Keep in mind that you can get actually this, uh, some of the information that we went over here today is in a series of teachings from um, Thursday nights here at Calvary Chapel Pasadena yeah. called What About? And if you go on CalvaryChapelPasadena.com, you can actually listen to the entire study on What About the Devil? And there are also PDFs of Pastor Xavier's notes yes. for that as well. So we encourage you to take advantage of the opportunity yes. and the resources available. Yeah. You know, God has blessed us in amazing ways. He has blessed our families, and we see the fruit of the ministry, and it all comes from the Word of God. God's good. And on there you have, uh, what about the attacks of the enemy? Satan also. Yep. So there's a lot of resources. You've got a lot of series that are there. Uh, download them. You know, they're, they're free. Uh, just make sure that you're devouring God's Word and, 
as God continues to press you forward, um, just remember, keep it simple. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next time. And uh, as Xavier said, keep it simple. been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion and may God richly bless your day.